The Marvel Universe has reached a turning point and it is now time to choose your side. The emergence of a new Inhuman with the power to predict the future has caused battle lines to form among the heroes of the Marvel Universe. Compromise has failed and now all-out war seems a certainty. As the Guardians of the Galaxy arrive to tip the balance of power, Earth's mightiest champions will now live and die by their choice. Protect the future or change the future. Choose your side. That's what we're going to be doing tonight on episode 19 of Discussing Who. So I am here once again. We are right off of two episodes, not one, but two episodes, uh, excuse me, episodes 17 and 18. We talked about Doctor Who. Surprisingly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, Discussing Who talked about Doctor Who. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? And we are missing the gentleman that helped us talk uh, about Doctor Who. Lee couldn't be with us tonight, but he sent a message right before we got started and said, guys, have fun. So that's what we're hoping to do tonight is having a little bit of fun. And joining me, as always, is Mr. Clarence Brown. Hey, Clarence. Hey, you know, I thought Lee might be somewhere over Manhattan flying in a helicopter asking, where are the superheroes? Where are the superheroes? And mm. he, he, I guess he saw him if he's anywhere near this event that we're uh, yes, talking about today. I have a feeling so. And uh, he probably would be wanting us to say right about now, spoiler warning. Uh, hear the sirens, hear the blaring loud noises that you want to hear we're going to be talking about civil war 2 specifically issue number five so if you've not read it put us on hold put us pause us we'll be here when you come back run out to your local comic shop uh download it do whatever you need to because spoiler (laughs) spoiler 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 so fair warning that anything going forward is again spoilers But before we do that, I want to get into a couple of news items. And Clarence, I think you've got one to talk about. So I'll let you take the first one. Yes, well, uh, news or more so an event we actually actually took part in. Uh, We went to the library in Flowood, Mississippi for a their third annual Doctor Who Day. Uh, Me and Cal were in attendance and it was very interesting, very fun. And, you know, uh, it makes makes one realize how much Doctor Who they actually know versus what they think they know. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing that got me about that was it was amazing to see how many people in this area of Mississippi that we're in like Doctor Who. Oh, yes, yes, certainly. And I mean, even even little kids who uh, their Doctor Who knowledge mind pales in comparison to theirs. So, oh, man, it it was it was great to see so many uh, Whovians out there um, in in Flowood. And, you know, we also got to see a real life Dalek and a real life TARDIS, along with your favorite. uh, Affirmative. Affirmative. I mean, that was that was the highlight for me, seeing someone who had built a quote unquote living, breathing, moving uh, canine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, it was it was all about the place, you know, uh, I, I kind of didn't even realize someone was actually controlling it. I thought it was autonomous for a little while. <laughs> No, yeah, that's the real K-9, the sorry. Remote, you know. <laughs> no, I think he's with Sarah Jane. That's the real. He's not, <laughs> uh, he is not in Australia. And if you do not know what I mean, if, if, if it's not out when you're listening to it now, if you're listening to us sometime in the future, it will be out. The newest episode of Doctor Who Podshot, episode 337, is either out or will be out very soon, depending, like I said, on when you're watching it. And we actually mentioned K9, and we actually mentioned why we said what I just did about Australia. So check out that episode on 
337 uh, of Doctor Who Podshock, and I'll, I'll promise you we'll explain what I meant by um, Australia. Awesome. I had to do some homework there. <laughs> and, and speaking of homework, that's a good um, transition. I want to give a tip of the hat, a tip of the, um, oh, the recorder, if I were the second doctor, a tip of uh, the TARDIS, for all, all I know, <laughs> to Ashley Biggs and Elizabeth or Beth Sampson. They are the two people who came up with that fantastic Doctor Who trivia that went on for, what was it, four rounds, five rounds? Yeah, four or five rounds, yeah. And the the questions that they came up with, I'll be honest, there were a couple that even, and I, I don't mean this to sound arrogantly, but it's going to come <laughs> across that way, I think, but even I did not know. Yeah, and you know if there were some that you didn't know. You know there was a lot that I didn't know. You know there were some doozies in there, but it was it was fun and just the um the abundance of who knowledge there was really really great. Right. We had, you know, someone dressed up as Jenny, we had a River Song, we had our MC Ashley who did the wonderful Missy and I uh, believe Beth was, and as I called it, uh, Madame, not Kavorian, Madame Kavorian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was funny. Um, do, I will say this about the canine. It had on the side of it, it was so well done that it had on the side a um, mini viewer. And in that viewer was the 1980s Doctor Who um, theme. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay, that is really, really cool. And it talked. It talked, yes. It talked. <laughs> it talked. And there were two Tom Bakers. I mean, the, the two guys that did, are uh, dressed up as Tom Baker did, yeah. they did it so well that I kept my scarf in my backpack because they, <laughs> their scarf far outdid mine. Yeah, they, they, they were both fantastic. And there was a lot of plaid there, as one should think there should be. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, an- another thing I would like to kind of draw people to, if you are in Mississippi, or actually even if you're not in Mississippi, and you would like to see a very cool group that are doing some things, especially as far as the dress-up goes and you know the cosplay, there is a group called Metro Whovians that is in the Metro Mississippi or Metro jackson area of mississippi and they can be found at facebook.com backslash groups backslash metro whovians awesome so cal you have some more news you wanted to talk about yeah i saw the other day because i remember when we were talking about civil war one or, or number three or civil war in general one of the fears that i had was because of what happened to this character in the prequel to Civil War, who this character being She-Hulk, I was thinking, are you about to kill off She-Hulk? And luckily, she woke up. <laughs> and the news is, uh, in the new solicitations for Marvel, I think for December's books, she will be starring in yet another uh, new series. Jennifer Walters will be. This time, though, or this time, however, it will not be a She-Hulk book. It will simply be called Hulk. Now, now that's very interesting. And I want to ask you, do you just feel like this is like an also ran? I mean, we have the Thor where the female is taking over the main storyline or taking the name. And now we have Hulk kind of doing the same thing. Do you think it's just um, it's a little too late? for her to catch the limelight or do you think that it's really time for us to kind of see her uh, as the main Hulk in the series? Well, I'll answer that in answering it this way. She as a character, I've never seen as a she version, even though her name is she Hulk. Me personally, I've always seen her as a character who stood very much on her own. She was mm-hmm. not a simple carbon copy female version of the character for which her namesake was. I mean, uh, case in point, a fundamental part of the Incredible Hulk was this is I can't control the monster within. 
She-Hulk, on the other hand, embraced the change that she was. So much so to the point to where at one point she lost the ability to switch back and forth between human or, or, you know, non-gamma irradiated or however you want to, you know, whatever the pronunciation is. Between Jennifer and She-Hulk, she had no problem saying, oh, okay, well, that's fine. I like being who I am as She-Hulk better than I like being Jennifer. Yeah, that kind of leads to my next question. I want to ask, does she always stay as Hulk now, or is she, um, or in the past few years, has she been going back and forth, no, or um, does she have control over that? No, when she, because her character is a lawyer, and nine times out of ten, even in, at the beginning of Civil War Two, there is a case that she's arguing, and she argues her cases as she sees herself and as she stays, which is the, the six foot five or however tall she is, <laughs> She-Hulk. What a woman. <laughs> yeah. You know, and in many ways, in my opinion, she should be the predominant Marvel equivalent to Wonder Woman. That's just my take, because in stature, not not necessarily as far as how tall she is, uh-huh. but she has been interwoven, again, totally outside of the Hulk uh, story. I bet you didn't know, or name me some group, let me ask it this way, name me some other groups without looking on Wikipedia that you think that She-Hulk might have been a member of. Uh, definitely probably the X-Men. Um, yeah, I don't think she was a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. or anything like that. I wouldn't think. All uh, right. So to answer answer that question and to kind of give you a little insight as to the She-Hulk's importance over the years. And ironically enough, she was created back in 1980 completely for no other purpose than as a copyright protection. Really? Yep. Uh, uh, When she was created, she was created by Stan Lee and John Buscema. Uh, She first appeared in uh, The Savage She-Hulk, number one of February 1980. And again, you know, that was to help make sure that you didn't have someone, you know, steal the name, so to speak. Hmm. Now, you're saying she should be the Marvel equivalent to Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, it seems like they're trying to really push Carol Danvers to be the the Marvel equivalent. I agree. I agree. And I want to I want to hold that uh, till we get to Civil War, because I've got some very good Carol questions for you. OK, but to, get, but to uh, give you an idea of her team affiliations, she has been a member of the Avengers, the Defenders, the Heroes for Hire, the Mighty Avengers, S.H.I.E.L.D., A-Force, um, the Future Foundation. The Fantastic Force, The Fantastic Four, and uh, a couple of others that that um, you know that I'm not familiar with, to be honest with you. But that right there puts everybody her basically <laughs> as part of everybody. I mean, there was a stint back in the '80s when the Thing left right after. Let's see, it was about '85, '86, and the Thing left. Uh, the Fantastic Four after the original Civil War. And She-Hulk returned from the Civil War with Johnny, with ben, I mean, with Sue, with Reed, and stayed a member of the Fantastic Four probably for four or five years. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and she was, you know, great in, in the Fantastic Four. And she's always been um, a part of the Avengers pretty much on and off uh you know, ever since. And she was an Avenger before she left the Avengers to join the Fantastic Four. So she, as a hero uh, within her own right, has never had the, I've been hunted. I'm a, you know, I'm so angry. I'm, you know, it was more of a superstar kind of person as opposed to, you know, the way they portrayed Bruce over the years. Yeah, and she does seem like, uh, and I haven't personally read any of her comics, but just it appears that she could be like the more of the uh, lighthearted, fun 
type of character, but I don't I don't know that really to be true. Uh, maybe you can speak on now, that. It's funny that you said that because there was the sensational She-Hulk back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and for that particular book, she did something that most comics never do, which is break what they call the fourth wall. And you know what? You oh, know what? Oh, did some Deadpool on us. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole, you know, pretty much run of that book was she introduced the story at the beginning, and I think when the book was canceled on the last cover, um, it's her holding up a bunch of X-Men comics saying, if you don't read this book or buy this book, I'm going to come and tear up all of your X-Men comics. <laughs> That's funny. So, so I just think she has much more, and I know Carol was technically created before she was back in the 70s. So, I mean, I understand as far as age, Carol trumps her. But as far as me personally, I just like She-Hulk better. But back to the news of what they're doing, how is this stripping the She from the Hulk? Did you notice, in, and, I, and I think we may have even mentioned this in our last episode about Civil War number three, did you notice that she looked a little pale or a little gray of how they, when she woke up, not necessarily as green as she normally does? Uh, not really. I just figured it's because she was kind of in the shadows. See, uh, I thought that too. But if you look at, uh, and if you, and if anybody wants to see this picture, we will post yeah. it on our website. But it, she looks very gray in the picture that they have on that cover. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's to like I said cuz it's dark or they're trying to illuminate the scars that she has from being injured because they're really green if you look at the picture. So, I I'm not sure. So, I'm going to speculate something here. And my speculation is going to be that this version of Jennifer because of the trauma that she's gone through, we will actually see the the first non-sensational version either about to come out, threatening to come out, but I'm wondering if she's going to have more of a gray tint to, to give give us a different a differential or difference of appearance to underline that this is not your traditional She-Hulk. And, and do you do you think that comes along with a darker tone? I think it does. I think it does. And, and, and for the character development, I think that's interesting, considering the fact that some of her best friends just murdered her cousin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, that's that's one of the first things she's told when she wakes up. Right. So. And the guy that uh, actually she actually dated at one point, the guy that killed her uh, cousin. So oh, really? Yeah. You know, so if you add all of that in. Yeah. So. For that matter, you know, I I'm interested. I'm I would rather have a gray She-Hulk than a dead She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with that. So there we go. There we go on that. So at this point, unless you have any other news, and we've kind of already been a little bit on the fringes of the, uh, Civil War Two Number Five. You ready to get into Civil War Two Number Five? Let's do it. All right. So, I mean, we just uh, kind of talked about a little what happened in, in, in uh, book four. You know, uh, um, She-Hulk wakes up. She's given the news. And, uh, man, Carol, Carol Dan- Danvers is still on her tear, which seems like she's been on for the, the course of all the books. And uh, we get this uh, long monologue from Tony Stark, which when I hear him talk, I always think of uh, Robert Downey Jr. That's just the voice I hear in my head whenever I read his voice. Me too. And uh, we eventually see that he has come to this conclusion through some brain scan analysis thingy. I don't know that Ulysses is flawed. His 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 predictions are are only right by a certain percentage, and we see this scene where they actually grab this woman off the street and she's saying that she hasn't done anything wrong 
And that's kind of where the uh, proverbial S hits the elf. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Well, let me ask you this. Let's, let, let's take a step back and let's look at some of the characters you just mentioned. And let me, for all clarity and for all disclosure, say I do not like Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. And I want to be as clear about that going into this and saying, yes, these questions will be biased and they will be one-sided because I do not like Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Having said that, how much do you know about her character? Not much. I mean, we've kind of talked about before the the uh, when she was introduced. I remember you you speaking about that, but I don't know a whole lot about her. And you know, just the notion that she's so gung ho, and uh, to me, not to know that much about her, it seems like she's kind of come out of nowhere to take this big prominent role. Uh, so maybe you can give me okay. a little background information. All right, so here's a little background, Reader's Digest condensed version. And did I mention before her connection to the X-Men? Uh, if you did, I do not remember. All right, well, for the sake of, of helping memory and for those who may not have heard that episode, if indeed I did mention it, um, Carol started out as the traditional female version of just like She-Hulk. And it may have totally been just as She-Hulk was for uh, branding and copyright purposes. Captain Marvel already existed within the Marvel Universe. And interestingly enough, Captain Marvel as a character also exists or the name also exist in DC and you know, in, D, it, in DC comics. Yes. But isn't he got it flies around? Yeah. He is the, yeah. uh, he's Shazam now. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. I, the so, rock's supposed to play. So, so here's, <laughs> yes, exactly. So here's here. Let, so let's go back to the late forties, early fifties, a little bit predate her because she is called captain Marvel now. So, um, the way the way that started, you, you had Superman owned by DC, and then there was another company that owned Captain Marvel. And for many, many years, DC was being beat by, I think this, the characters was Charleston, I think, if I remember correctly. Well, anyway, regardless of who, uh, Fawcett, Fawcett was the company, I believe. And... Um, they, with their character Captain Marvel, basically was kind of beating Superman left, right, and center. Huh. Uh, they tied them up in litigation because they were saying, you know, this is almost a copyright infringement of Superman. And come on, really? Yeah, seriously. There Superman was a court case. Is such a He's like the roadmap for every superhero just about. So. Right. And then you've got the little kid that says the magic power Shazam and becomes this Superman-like character. Yeah. So I could kind of <laughs> go with that. Well, by the time that the court case was actually settled, it was to the point to where Fawcett was about to go out of business years later. Well, Superman... Uh, uh, or not Superman, but DC later buys the properties that Fawcett owned. So now they owned this character that uh, they fought for all these years to have not published. So in all of this, Marvel sneaks in from the back after they've timely become comics has become Marvel comics and creates a character because the copyright was no longer valid called Captain Marvel. So now DC owned a character that they no longer had the right to the name to. So so I mean why did why did the copyright become invalid? Well, because, because the company went out of business, I would assume, because because maybe in the time that Fawcett went out of business and before um Marvel, I mean, actually, not Marvel, DC. DC actually published it. Published or bought. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. It could have lapsed because right. they just didn't do anything. So in in the comic, that was one reason they never made the comic. They could not, as DC, call the comic or name the comic Captain Marvel. 
they could he, call it Shazam, and he could be called Captain Marvel within the book, but the cover could not say Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's funny because even if they did eventually buy those rights, how would it look for DC to come out with a character named Captain Marvel? You know, it, it would just look weird. True, but... You know, for the same matter, Marvel uh, d- basically uh, also has Wonder Man. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, there's a character, Simon Williams, Say Wonder Man. So. <laughs> you know, his his powers have nothing to do with uh, Wonder Woman in any shape, form, or fashion. But Marvel has a Wonder Man. So, oh, man. You know, oh, man, Wonder Man. (laughs) But how does that tie into Captain Marvel? And how does that Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, tie in? Well, Marvel had a member of the Kree, Alien Kree, come to Earth and become Captain Marvel. And he's on Earth. And while he's on Earth, he is at a... um, not a space station, but a military facility. And one of the people that works in the Air Force, uh, she gets captured by the Kree or they experiment on her. And she basically has or is given the same powers as Captain Marvel. And thus she becomes Miss Marvel. Ah. So for, for all of these years, even up until the last five years, Carol Danvers for the most part, was known as Miss Marvel. And I had no problem with her. And she had a stint in the 80s where she was in space with the X-Men. And during the time she was in space with the X-Men, she w- they were attacked by aliens. And I think they did something to her and it mutated her powers. And she became a character called Binary and stayed in space with star jammers for many, many years. And her powers were nothing like what they are today. And on top of that, the rogue that everybody loved from the X-Men cartoons of the 90s, the rogue that flew around and was super strong and could hit people, Uh that power came from Miss Marvel. Cool. And the alternate personality that... Rogue had in her head for many years was Carol's personality that was imprinted and um, stuck in um, Rogue's head. So, you know, Carol's been around, you know, now that I'm sitting here talking about her, she's been around for many, many years. And she's been around as an Avenger for many, many years. She's had uh, another name that she... Uh, went by for a while called Warbird and but but for all of those times and all all of this she was a character that I had no problem seeing but she was a character that that I never really disliked but a so co- so where did, where did the where did the hate come from I so here's where we, the hate have, came from we have to know this <laughs> it, it was almost as if Marvel decided to make you Captain Marvel in other words, just like they're doing with She-Hulk, giving her the main Hulk book, Marvel, in my opinion, said, well, let's strip everything likable about this character and make her Captain Marvel, but she can't be likable. She's got to be, you know, fill in the blank of a word there. And... uh <laughs> You know, and, and it wasn't long before I was like, okay, I don't like you now. Yeah, she she is definitely pretty gung-ho. I'm always correct. Um, don't get in my way, <laughs> which is very surprising, which I guess on the flip side, it's cool to see a woman figure with that type of authority, you know, and that's sure about herself. So, I mean, yeah, I guess it just depends on your uh, flavor that you like. <laughs> yeah, and and my thing with, you know, with her is it's not it, y- okay, let me go back a little bit further. If when Okay, how how do I want to word this? But well, I mean, before I know what you're trying I, I probably know what you're going to say, but don't dudes get the pass? When they are doing the same thing. Exactly. That was exactly uh, the, the, where I was going with that. 
Uh, think of um, um, I don't know, I forget his name. Sam Samuel Jackson's figure in uh, the Avengers. Oh, uh, uh, Nick Fury. Yeah, Nick Fury. He he's, he's kind of the same character. <laughs> if you think of the 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 way he sure of himself, he's gung ho and he's gonna do what he wants to do. It, it's it's just that she's kind of a woman doing it, and when a woman does it, it's just kind of seen a little bit differently. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I'm going to agree with you to a certain degree, and, and I'll tell you why. I agree with you to a certain degree because that description that you just gave could also be applied to River Song from Doctor Who. She pretty much does what she wants when she wants to. Right? Yeah, but I think the the main difference is that she's nice about it. <laughs> okay. And 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 in saying that, it goes back to the motivation and that leads us into Civil War 2 number 5 or any of these things with uh Civil War. We have an inhuman who has the power allegedly to predict the future. What do you think about his powers? Um, I think they're troublesome, but I mean, again, I think we kind of hinted this before. You can't just uh, there's some, some in some cases I agree with with uh, Captain Marvel. You can't just completely ignore. You know, uh, if if there was some guy out here who say he's a prophet and he starts predicting crap and all of it comes true you know if you're very religious you're going to say okay i can't just completely ignore, ignore what he's saying but by the same time you might not completely job with him based on your religious beliefs or whatever so i think that's the same situation you have here in the comic i mean he's saying stuff that has come true most of the time so you can't completely ignore that, but you still have to kind of go back and see what are the motivations behind his powers and what it, how are his, these calculations, his math, as Tony calls it, how is it being formulated? Okay, and on top of that particular thing you just said, we know for a fact from how this uh, character came about that his powers of uh, predicting the future have just now emerged. Now, I do not understand how anyone with the experience that Carol has can just blindly, immediately, just because one of his predictions came true, I do not understand how just immediately you choose to blindly have faith in yeah. a person power that you have never met yeah i mean you definitely mentioned the keyboard key point i'm sorry blind belief <laughs> on anything he says again at one point tony says 90 percent. if he's right 80 percent of the time and he goes down like 10 and she still doesn't budge so she definitely has an adamant opinion about what he's saying is right and if it's not right we're gonna treat it as if it is right until we find out otherwise you know again the case with the the lawyer that they thought was working for hydra that they took into custody you know um how far are you going to go with this even though it doesn't look like it's right and man that even plays to a much much higher point by the end of number five which i was just draw jaw dropped i just sat there for a minute like oh my god well there's a there's a direction that I hope they're not about to take, and but 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 I'm going to hold that until we get to the to the end because I've got a couple more questions for you. Uh, but I really hope, uh, you know, let me say this: I really hope that they're not going the where I think they're going. Uh, well, well, let me ask you a question uh, first. So, I mean, we can go ahead and say this. Basically, number five is just a big fight. The whole correct. comic is pretty much a fight. So there's not a whole lot going on. But we did see some cool uh, matchups of characters and things. So I want to ask you, who the heck is uh, Blue Marvel? Okay, Blue Marvel is a member of the Ultimates. He is a character that at the top of my head, I know 
uh, not a lot about, honestly. He, um, I don't know if he was around and they brought him back or if they say that he was around. or But he's been around in the Marvel story, whether or not in publication, for quite a while. And he's very powerful, obviously, and he's older, and he's, again... I don't know a lot about him, so unfortunately, I can't give you that. Much. Okay, no, no, that's cool, that's cool. Uh, and he was kind of matched up with Luke Cage fighting. And again, I'm actually, well, I guess I will present this question: Do you think the fact that uh, Luke Cage is going to come out on Netflix in about a week is why he's so prominent in this actual book? Because I didn't see him in any other books that no, came out. No, because he has been prominent pretty much for since about. 2002 or three because he was uh when they when the scarlet witch went crazy and uh destroyed most of the mutants about a decade or so ago he was a member of the avengers team that formed after the destruction of the avengers at, at that point so he's been prominent prominent in the marvel universe going on a little a decade if not and he's been around you know since the 70s but uh no i don't really think so i just think we've not seen him yet uh you know as far as having a fight scene but but uh -huh. he's he's been in the comics he actually he and jessica in the latest uh spider-man comic came to see miles about something else going on in, the, in that comic so i mean he he's He's been around and is around and was leader of a team of, of Avengers probably for three or four years, a couple of years oh, ago. Wow. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, I have another question, but I'll let you go. All right. I'll let you go. <laughs> All right. Who's another? What, what oh, well, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm not a big, uh, I don't know a whole lot about Angel. But in this comic, well, how he looks now, he has fire wings. Oh, yeah, that's Young Angel. Young Angel, okay. Yeah. That's a lot different. Yeah, because, well, remember the the original X-Men are brought back a couple of years ago by the older beast to the present. Yes. So, so you have, you know, Marvel Girl or Jean and... Bobby and Warren and Scott and uh, Hank, all of them in the current, stuck in the current Marvel Universe. Okay, okay. So since he's been stuck, there was a storyline where they were off in space and his wings were transformed into the fire wings. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, that threw me for a loop. <laughs> and it was kind of cool, uh, and I'm looking, this is the first two-page spread of all the heroes fighting, and that was kind of cool seeing uh, an ice man on one side and an ice man on the other side. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> what do you do you think, or did you know who the girl with the big sword was? Oh, I had no idea, but she was kind of awesome. I love her art style, and just the sword looks freaking awesome. But I I don't know who that is. All right, her name, and I'll see if you get get the name. Ilyana Rasputin. Uh, that sounds Russian. Yep. And she uh, has a brother named Peter Rasputin, or Piotr Rasputin. Uh, I'm at a, I have to say I'm at a loss. Okay. Also known as Colossus. Huh. Of the X-Men. Really? Yes. Her name, uh, is, like I said, is Ilyana, and she is a member of the X-Men. She is Colossus's little sister, and her powers are actually kind of cool. She is a sorceress uh, of a demon dimension called Limbo, and uh -huh. her and that that is not her mutant powers. That is learned powers, but her mutant power is the ability to teleport through those uh, light discs or stepping discs, as she calls them, uh, and like what she did to to the fellow. Captain well, ER, yeah, yeah. Uh, Captain. Sam Wilson. Yeah, I mean it's it's also uh I that's funny that you mentioned her name. Is is do they call her magic also? Yes, yeah, M, M A J I K. Okay. Or M A G I K. 
Okay, that makes sense sense because I, I saw that in a book. I just assumed her name was Magic because that's what, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's her code name uh, is M A M A G I K, which I really liked. Um, what did you think, or did you know who Alpha Flight was? Uh, no, I'm trying to remember him actually in the actual book. All right, there was a a a guy that had long woolly hair that was. Uh, you didn't really, he didn't say anything uh, that looked like a big orange ape. Or um, That was one of them. There was another guy that named... It was like a Wookiee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, then there was Aurora, uh, who you saw hitting someone. I can't remember who it was, but, but her hand was glowing. Yes, yes, I remember that. All right, she, they are all original members of Alpha Flight. And uh-huh. Alpha Flight originated in the X-Men. They were the team that Wolverine was supposed to have led by the Canadian government, and he left them to go join the X-Men. And there was a storyline where Alpha Flight comes hunting for him in the early 80s, and it's uh, she's one of those characters. Oh, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. And her character is really, really neat. Um, she has multiple personalities. There's one that is an uptight uh, nun, basically, or, <laughs> or a Catholic, um, Catholic school teacher. And uh-huh. then there's one that's very liberated. That's a good way to put it. And uh, <laughs> what a combination! <laughs> yeah, her character can. Or, or the the storyline is as an orphan. Her and her twin brother were separated, and she was raised in a Catholic boarding school and the nuns would lock her in the closet and that was the jean marie personality that she has that's the uptight you know follow all the rules and then aurora is the personality that's like i said very liberated and that's (laughs) shame shame yes (laughs) exactly But yeah, what do you think of the um, the Guardians of the Galaxy coming? Coming? Uh, wait, is that the name yes, of them, Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy? Yeah, or the just Guardian, Guardians? No, <laughs> no, they are the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're as you now see, they will be stranded on Earth. Yes, exploding uh, spaceships. Yep, exploding spaceships. So they're now stranded, uh, which I think is interesting. Um, I like the banter a little bit of. Well, I thought you were our friend. Well, Carol's our friend. I really don't care for Rocket Raccoon, to be honest with you. Uh, he was my favorite in the movie, but and, I mean, in here he was, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know him enough from the comics to know the type of character he really is. Well, I, you, one thing you will learn about me in, in, in comics is I hated Reed Richards for years after Civil War One, and... Uh, and, and and I you know really hadn't cared for him since, but um, you know they they are siding with Carol and that makes them bad in my mind right now. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard, man, because you have people that appeal to you on both sides, so it's kind of hard to to weave out which ones you want to root for and which ones you don't. Because I guess that's the whole reason we're doing this is you know you have to choose a side, you know. And and I get. You know, I get that you've got someone who has the power and you're and you're ultimately trying to prevent bad things from happening. Yeah. But in the first mission that you're all about, well, we successfully stopped Thanos. Yes, you may have successfully stopped, but you put somebody in the hospital, She-Hulk, and you put someone six feet under Iron, I mean, not Iron Man, but uh, War Machine. Yeah. Yeah. So that technically is not a win in my eyes. Yeah, and just again, the fact that we don't know if it's right a hundred percent of the time is 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 what's kind of weird in a way. Uh and then we also see a few people sitting it out. We see uh Spider Man. I think that yeah, that's Spidey sitting it out. We see uh uh Daredevil sitting it out and we see uh, Hawkeye actually look like he's taking a hiatus somewhere off in the woods, leaving everything behind. So, <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm going to imagine that he's not very well liked right now. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he's trying to 
get out of sight and out of mind, certainly. So what do you think uh, happened? So there is a scene about three-fourths of the way through the book for anyone that's reading, and there is where the, the guardian, we see the Guardians of the Galaxy's ship explode, and then you see Ulysses standing uh, at the um, castle of where the Inhumans are after the Inhumans have already left. And you can see that he's about to start having a premonition. Now, at that same time, uh, the Inhumans, along with the Inhuman, I mean, not the Inhuman Torch, the Human Torch, <laughs> and their lapdog, uh, the Beast, um, arrive to, you know, where the fight is. So, before I ask you about Ulysses, what do you think of the Inhumans? Um, I think they're okay. Uh, again, the fact that they're siding with uh with, with Danvers is kind of weird. Uh, but you know what I've seen from them so far uh, has been very interesting. Again, I don't know a whole lot about about them. Just what you've told me, and also what I've seen on the little bit of Agents of Shield, which is totally different from what you said. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think they're interesting, but. You know, even when they come into the fight, Tony is like, what do you, you know, you decide to jump in, you know, like they called us, you know. So. All right. So let me ask you this. Consider. So take away anything I may have said or may have told or may have whatever. Just based on what you've seen. What do you because 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 I like the fact that your knowledge is, you know, newer into uh you know, that you don't have as much history as perhaps I do. So having said that, what what do you take away from the Inhumans? Uh, it seems as if they don't have a real place. And, and when I said it, it just it just seems like I don't know. It seems like I don't I don't fully understand what their cause is. You know, they have this elaborate Attila, whatever it's called, uh, facility and all this stuff. Uh, but what is what is their cause? What are they fighting for? I really don't get that from this. And maybe I'm not supposed to get it from this series. I, does it seem that they're being forced on you in any uh, way? No, I have to say no. In the context of this story, they, they do fit in. Okay. Uh, but but. You know, from the context of these five books, it doesn't it doesn't feel like they've been been forced uh, down. Okay, um, and and that's good, I guess, for Marvel. Now, let me tell you why. Again, you know, my my opinions, unfortunately, are a little biased. But let me tell you why I have a beef a little bit with the Inhumans. I never really had a problem with them before. However, when you had, the, you know, Marvel, in my opinion, realize okay, Fox is going to continue making X-Men movies and continuing to use these characters. And evidently, unlike Sony, the relationship between Marvel slash Disney and Fox is not as rosy as it is, like I said, with Sony. Uh So the X-Men take a back seat because they can't use them in any of their somatic universe. They can use inhuman type characters. So all of a sudden you have the Terrigen Mist that is now released and it is now transforming all these latent humans into inhumans and you have the uncanny inhumans, all new inhumans. And it's, you know, you get the feeling of you're even so much to the point to where that Terrigen mist is a disease that is killing normal mutants. Yeah, I mean, I get, get what you're saying that, okay, they don't have the rights to the X-Men, so they're pushing this group of, of characters. But uh, by the same token, I do understand it's a a, 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 a machine to make money. True. But, but, but by the same, again, by the flip side... We got characters we know and love in the X Men, and I can see your point of them taking a the back seat. That can be a little bit frustrating. Uh, I completely understand. Well, that. it's a difference in taking, and I see your point. Very extremely valid. However, I can see 
that if they just decided, well, we're only going to have one X-Men comic and that's going to be it, fine. I think it was much better when you only had one X-Men comic back the way it used to be. I would be fine with that. But if you put it in story that the fact that the Inhumans' ability to create more Inhumans is now threatening to make mutants go instinct and any of the X-Men could be killed off at any time because of this all they have to do is breathe this mist and if they breathe it they die or get sick and start dying has that been happening yeah a rogue is infected so she's slowly dying in the story so that right there makes me not like them well i guess to be fair it could that same mist could affect anybody, not just the X-Men, uh, to, you know, if you want to be completely fair about it. Well, well, no, not necessarily, because if you are a, if you're not a mutant and you're not and you're just a normal human that is not a latent inhuman, oh. you just smell something, don't smell something and you're fine. Oh, if okay. you're a latent inhuman that you've got DNA of inhuman somewhere in your system or in your genetics you will be activated and you'll have powers but if you're a mutant it either sterilizes you or makes you sick oh see that's a totally different point i you didn't first play ah, okay so yeah, now you kind of see yeah that's pretty serious right there ouch yeah exactly <laughs> so it's like this is we're, we're we're taking these characters we're pushing them down your throats and oh guess what they're also killing their existence is killing mutants yeah it does seem like a blatant play against the now that you put it that way it does seem like a blatant play against the x-men or the mutants uh, so, so yeah. speaking of an inhuman on that page before i got sidetracked you <laughs> see uh, you see ulysses who's standing there stuck because they left him and said you can't come and he asks, what is happening and you see these tendrils of light start to emit from his fingers and basically engulf everyone. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, how did you interpret that? Besides uh, the tendrils of light, tendrils of light being my next uh, band. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I think it may have served to enhance the vision, uh, but we really don't get a bunch of, a lot of information from from those panels so I, I it's a little bit confusing but it does seem like it it kind of enhances the vision that they will get from from my opinion all right i agree with you but let's go back to ulysses and let me um, focus in a little bit more on him in your interpretation after reading that was he having another vision for the sake of a vision or was he influencing our that vision you know uh i i it's, it's kind of hard to tell i mean i know ulysses has been in some of the other comics spider-man and some things and probably a few more but it's kind of hard to tell his um motives because he doesn't say a whole lot in, exactly in, in, in the main series uh so yeah, from just looking at the main civil war books one through five it's it's kind of confusing to know exactly what his motive is because he doesn't say much of anything. And if you look at that panel closely, he has his hand out when he's actually uh, those tentacles or tendrils are extruding from him. It's not like he's totally passive. So it looks like he's doing something uh, proactively. So, again, is 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 are these visions influenced by him in any way or what actually makes the outcomes of these things that exactly. he sees. And, and that and that was the point that I was trying to get to is because we see him earlier when they leave him um, to, and he knows they're going out and fighting. And even though they didn't say it, you get the feeling that he knows they're fighting over me. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course. You know, Indeed. And what I want to ask you, do you think he may be controlled by someone else or is this purely an uh, inhuman ability? That's... I think it's an, a purely inhuman ability, but I think it the, the caveat that we're going to find out is it is an ability that either he doesn't have con- 
control over. I, I, I will be surprised to find out that he's a bad guy. You know, he's got evil motivations. I think at that point he wanted the heroes to stop fighting. That was his want, you know, is to make them stop fighting. And whether that was conscious or unconscious, the vision that he creates or causes or allows to see, because allows to see means it's a definite, create means his visions aren't always true. So whichever one that may be, the ultimate goal was stop fighting. And, and, and yes, it was achieved. They did stop fighting. But that precursor question of is it allowing to see the future or is it subconsciously it, creating something? Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And are we ready to talk about well, that? Let, yep. Let's turn panel? to the last page and the last panels. Oh, my goodness. So what do you think? Man, that that panel is so heavy, man, in so many ways. You know, I don't know if he's the youngest now because we have the young X Men, but if you take you take the the probably the purest youngest character out of all the group, and we get this picture of him seemingly killing our patriotic hero of the group, as we see. Miles Morales hovering over Captain America as he's been punctured with something through the chest. Right. Man, man. I just, dude, I just sat with my mouth wide over for a minute. All right. So looking at it, we can pretty much tell that this would be something in the future because the way Miles is drawn or the way the, the person is drawn. Let me, let me go back and say this. The way the person is drawn looks older than what miles looks now oh so you're saying it's going to be some maybe years in the future it could be i mean you know it could be the way you know that could be just a close-up and that could be intended to be him however i thought the way he was drawn looked a little taller than miles looks now yeah he does look a bit older in that picture which that brings up another point to is, is this you know the things we've been dealing with before have been, you know, a, a day or a week, few weeks or seemingly close in the future. And if this is much longer in the future, it, it could spill a lot of thing, other things. You know, we see uh, a building in the background looks like Congress or something that's crumbled up and like it's about to fall apart. So, you know, maybe this is just one of many things that are to happen in the future. And we're just seeing like the climactic end of it. Correct. <laughs> And, you know, looking at it, you know, I question and I question it for the sake of blindly believing the vision. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, looking at this, do you know beyond a fact if this image is all you can see that that is truly Miles Morales under the mask? And then, and I'm glad you make that point because that is the one thing I don't want them to pull. You know, I don't want them to pull this. Once we unmask this character, is somebody totally different? Or who knows? Maybe the character changes before this happened if it's years out. But you know, since it's something that's going to be resolved fairly quickly, we we would think. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's years out. So. I didn't notice at first that he's much looks much bigger and much older, but it does seem to be true. Well, I, you know, it it could it could likely you know be him as he is now, but all right, here's how I don't, um, here's how I don't want them to 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 take this, and I really hope that. Um, you know, they're not going this way. You know, with Miles, he is one of the only, if not really the only, well, not the only, but he's the main ultimate universe character that has carried over post, 
the secret wars that they had last year. You know, all the others uh-huh. were kind of either wiped away or folded in, but Miles stayed around simply because he was popular as a character, not because he was a replacement Spider-Man, not because of the color of his skin, the fact that people actually liked him as a character. Uh-huh. And I really hope the fact that Carol is I'm now saying, oh, kid, I'm sorry, but you're under arrest. You know, I hope they don't go down the road of let's, you know, let's sacrifice this character for this yeah. storyline because you've got a, another Spider-Man that's not a uh, Peter Parker clone, that's not, you know, yeah. he has different powers than Peter Parker. He's a character unto himself. I think that would be doing comics an injustice if Carol winds up killing him. Well, I mean, I won't think that do, they'll do that because we saw that happen once with the Hulk. And if it would happen again, I think it would be catastrophic. Um, and, and I also want to mention the fact that when when Miles actually sees his vision himself, he is like torn the frick apart, man. He's just like crying and he can't not believe it uh, again. uh, uh, uh Comparing it to Minority Report, Tom Cruise kind of does the same thing when they, <laughs> he gets the thing that he's supposed to kill somebody and he knows he won't do it or he thinks he won't do it. So, man, it's just it, it's tough. And I feel his pain on those next few panels, man. It's, it's wow. <laughs> well, I think Miles will be OK, hopefully, when we find out the truth behind the powers and you you understand that these visions aren't per se visions. And, and and I'll tell you why, and I'm remembering a character that was in the X-Men and New Mutants back in the 80s, 90s, and she's actually still around today. There is a character called Danny, uh, Danielle uh, Moonstone, and her character, or her um, code name uh, was Mirage. And her power that she had, she could create a physical illusion or a manifestation that others could see. She could go into someone's mind and pull out their greatest desire, pull out their greatest fear and make, and you know, like make a um, vision of that so that everybody could see it. And I'm curious if this Ulysses person if that power is similar to that and he has the ability to create uh, some type of an illusion kind of like mastermind did when he made gene go crazy that time so um i don't really think this is a vision per se more so than a possible recreation or something yeah yeah so, uh, again, it, it, it'll be very, very interesting to see how it actually plays out. And I actually can't wait for the next book. <laughs> well, me neither. And I'm. G- would you like to end on a prediction? Sure. Let's hear it. All right. So here is a prediction that I came up with. Let's go back to Civil War number three, where they had the Hulk uh, fighting everyone and everybody was knocked out because the Hulk was fighting them. And Carol now believes that, you know, that's not going to happen because ultimately she's responsible, in my opinion, for the Hulk's death. Uh Okay. Well, and again, spoilers from the very beginning of this episode, but there was an another issue of Uncanny Avengers where the hand is uh, trying to and ultimately does dig up. Bruce's body so that they can resurrect the body of the Hulk under their own control. Uh, okay. So having said that, that vision, if it, they are indeed visions, that vision of um, the Hulk fighting and defeating everyone ultimately comes to pass per se because of Carol's actions that she caused that by going and confronting Bruce. If she would have never done that, then he would have never <laughs> been shot, which the hand could have never gotten him and so forth and so on. Oh, no, not a timey-wimey paradox thingy. Mm, no, a <laughs> I don't like Captain Marvel thingy. <laughs> yeah, that could 
possibly happen. Um, I hope it doesn't. But yeah, yeah, I hope it doesn't either. But at the end of Civil War, I think it's either eight or number nine. I won't, and I will be so happy with. But I'm sure I won't get it. I want it to be the humiliation of Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, right before a movie, let's let's humiliate yeah. her. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what that's that's what scares me because what I think is going to happen is at the end of this, it will be all hell, Captain Marvel. It, it 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 may be, but man, it's it's. I can't wait to see it play out. Well, I have a feeling that we will be just like we did number three, and like we're doing number five. We'll probably be back for number six, seven, eight, and or nine, or somewhere in between, because this is actually a good discussing topic. Oh yeah, certainly, certainly. And again, like even with Doctor Who, my I'm I'm a little bit of the outsider looking into you know a thing that you've loved for many many years and trying to give a different opinion on it. And and, the lame, the and that's good. You know that's that's absolutely good because if everyone had the same you know knowledge or whatever, this would be very boring. So, and and who knows? You know there are things that a new perspective brings that someone who is so ingrained into it, you can't see what's uh, hidden in plain sight because you're not looking for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So having said all of that, I think we are about ready to wrap up. So why don't you tell us on some other ways people can get in touch with us and how they can leave us feedback? Uh, Yes, you can call into our voice line. Uh, eight oh five eight five oh D who D W H O. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at discussing who also on facebook.com slash discussing who and even uh, visit our website. You know, those are still a thing <laughs> at discussing who.com and be sure to su- subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Absolutely. And if you catch us on iTunes, please leave us, uh, you know, write us on iTunes would be. Uh, glad to get that you know uh, tell us how you like us or dislike us or um, somewhere in between we'd be happy with anything so you know the bottom line is we want your feedback because we enjoy doing this but we do this for a reason and that's to communicate with others not just with ourselves definitely so as we normally say uh, I will wish um, all the people in the Marvel Universe uh, a good uh, civil war and we'll be back to talk more civil war more doctor who more dc comics and all in between but for now i do believe we are out of here